Hey friends, so glad you hopped on to the Collide podcast today. If you regularly hop on, I just want to pause for a moment and ask that you might consider rating, reviewing, subscribing to this podcast, and even more sharing it with friends that you think it will impact. We spend so much time trying to craft this podcast, get great guests, and have amazing conversations where we're hearing about people colliding with Jesus and experiencing life transformation and people doing amazing things in the world. And so we hope that you will share this with your friends. If you're new to the podcast, I'm so glad you're here today. I had an interview with Eileen Laura. Eileen is a Christian singer and songwriter, and I got to sit down with her and have a conversation about how the pandemic was really used as a moment in her life that sparked a huge change. She was a high school music teacher who had years before set down her dream of making music and performing music to instead uh, support her husband. And she shares pretty candidly in this interview about how she was building up bitterness and blaming him for her life not turning out the way that she wanted it to be, that she wanted to make music and pursue that dream. And and she was blaming him. She shares about this argument that they had and how he actually felt so supportive of her, but she was blaming him. And She's really real about this moment that actually catapulted her into realizing that it was her that set down her dream because she felt like she had to because she had so many duties. And one of my favorite parts about this interview is listening to her and realizing that, man, don't we do that? Especially as women, don't we set down our dreams because we have so many duties? And I think we almost think we have to choose duties or dreams. And yet we have a God who says, yes, you have duties and be faithful to those duties, but you can also dream. And so we hear about how God takes Eileen Laura's dream and propels her into a place where she's working three jobs to pull off her latest album project. And she shares all about the unfolding of God colliding with her life as she wasn't fully tapped into his purpose and living out her dreams. And now she is. I think this interview will inspire you, friend. I have a dream to put a book out there and I it's making the time. It's not only believing and fighting to believe that your dream is possible, but then it's also trying to find the margin and the time to create when you do have all these duties, which you're speaking of all these roles and responsibilities you have. And I think it's really interesting that we believe the lie that somehow the dreams we have for our lives have an expiration date. You know, you looked at other people and you heard this voice, other people did it, but you didn't. And almost like there's a clock and it's ticking. And if you don't hit it by 35 or 40, then, well, you know, your dream died and it's not going to be resurrected. And I don't think that God sort of his purpose for our lives expires at some given time until the day we pass from here into the forever place. 
Eileen, it's so fun to hang out with you today. You and I are just meeting for the first time, and I already have a jillion questions that I want to ask you. You had this experience that I've read about where the pandemic actually sparked a change in your life for the better. Can you tell us how so? Sure. And thank you so much for having me today. Um, I started realizing at the very beginning of the pandemic that I was sort of in the monotonous, uh, kind of spin of life, just spinning my wheels. Um, and my pastor at church had been talking about spiritual gifts. Um, he had been doing a series, a 10 week series on our spiritual gifts, and it just kind of sparked, uh, my interest. And I, I really dug deep into what he was saying. And he was talking about, um, Paul in the Bible teaching us what spiritual gifts were. And I just started to reevaluate my own life and my own journey and what whether I was actually using the spiritual gifts that I had been given. Um, my pastor talked about spiritual gifts and the fact that we aren't necessarily able to choose our gifts and um, how, how, you know, he, he puts that into us is, is really not up to us. And for me, I was just, again, I felt like I was spinning my wheels. I, I wasn't writing my music the way I had been. And I thought it was time for a change for me to, um, just reevaluate my direction. Mm, I love that you used the time in the pandemic to become self-aware and reevaluate your life. Eileen, it's interesting because you started playing music at the age of four. And here in 2020, when the pandemic hit, you were a high school music teacher. What was the moment where you sat down making music to instead deciding to to teach music? And was that a have to or a get to decision? Yeah, so that was definitely a, a get to decision. Um, I sat down to write music again, after so many years of taking a step back from that part of my life. I, I, I'm not really someone who likes to do anything half. And when I began teaching, um, the idea of teaching for me was really to have that time to write music, which sounds kind of crazy, but, um, you know, I figured being a teacher, I would have that kind of job during the day and I would be able to perform music after, after, teaching and, um, helping students. But as the years kind of go, went on, I realized that I was just, um, I was doing a lot of teaching and not a lot of mm -hmm. performing and not a lot of writing. And I really did throw myself into the teaching world and I absolutely loved it too. Um, but I did realize that my whole goal of being a performer and being a writer kind of got put to the side. So when I decided in the pandemic that it was time to start writing again, I literally just threw myself into that and, uh, began writing, uh, recording my music in my own house. Um, learning how to use all the recording software was pretty challenging, but mm -hmm. I tried my best. And then I got to a point where I realized I needed to to go back to my recording studio where I had done my original album and work with them. Um, but it, it was definitely something I put everything into. Hmm. You share honestly that when this, 
pandemic moment hit for you where you reevaluated your life, you were hearing sermons from your pastor about your gifts, and realizing that you felt like you were made to make music and not just teach it. You started realizing that you were blaming your husband for missing out on your musical dreams. And I love that you share this because I think this can be a common feeling for people who often feel held back and they blame someone else for being held back. Was that a new realization that you had that you were bitter toward him or had it been brewing for a while and you just didn't work up the bravery to be real about it until that moment? Um, it wasn't really a new realization. My husband, um, we, we met right after university when I had just started teaching and he was just getting into his career and he really, for his career, he works in finance and he needed to keep learning and keep getting designations. So he, for a lot of years, uh, he was completing his CFA. Um, so during that time I was supporting him that took almost over five years, actually. So at that point, we had been having children, buying houses, you know, all the things you do as a young couple. And my music was really not, there was just really no place for it in our life. Um, and it wasn't that he said, give it up. He, he in uh-huh. fact, he wanted me to keep writing. I just didn't feel like it was my time of, uh, of life to do that. And, you know, through him kind of going through his courses and he actually didn't pass one of the levels. There's three levels for the CFA. It's a pretty intensive designation and he didn't pass one of the levels. And I remember watching him and how he dealt with that. Um, you know, he wanted to give up, but he didn't, he, he had spent a year trying to Uh study and it was basically his second job. And the following year he tried again and he passed and that Uh kind of, made me realize, you know, you just don't give up. Like Mm -hmm. there's always time for it if you love it enough. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I had been kind of blaming, I guess, him in a way for not doing it. But at that time I needed to support him and in his journey. And, and it really just came down to a big argument that we got into that got me back into writing. Hmm. So you got honest about how you were blaming him and what was his response? And were you surprised by it? he was pretty upset that I, uh, was blaming him because for so long he had been telling me to start writing music again. You know, like Uh I had been, I had went from performing almost every night in a different venue to just nothing teaching music and not performing. And he just kept saying like, it's time, it's time. You know, I wrote a song when my daughter was born, but that was about it. There was a good five years in between where nothing was being written. Uh So I was surprised that he, um, was so supportive. He said to me, you know, I'll do whatever it takes. Like you just got to sit down and you got to write. And, you know, I didn't sleep that whole night. We got into that argument. I knew something was changing in me and I knew it was time that I start listening to the voices telling me that I needed to get back. Like, it's funny when God speaks to us, it doesn't always come in, you know, uh, flowers and roses and marching band. Like sometimes it's just little (laughs) voices in your head that are just telling you your direction. And and at that point I knew that I had to finally start listening. And I think it was also through my husband's voice, just saying it's time. I love that you share that story because I've been married 23 years and you know, there's been seasons where we have to take turns cheerleading each other's dreams. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And sometimes we're doing it at the same time. But there's definitely been seasons where it's been more focused on, you know, my husband's dreams or it's been more focused on mine or we have to always be turning back to each other and supporting and cheerleading each other. And I I love that you share that because it's so real and and so many people can resonate with feeling bitter because, you know, one spouse stayed at home with the kids while the other climbed the corporate ladder or one spouse worked two jobs. So the other spouse could go get their master's or their doctorate and it can create some bitterness. And it's so true that you have to be real about that and then realize that each other's hearts is there for cheer. They, that each other wants to cheerlead each other on, but maybe things got a little bit unbalanced and what sacrifices does one need to make for the other? And it's just, it's just really interesting that you got real about it. And that was kind of like a changing point for you where you started really leaning into music. You wrote your first song soon after that. What was it about? So I wrote Sit Beside Me um, pretty much that night, actually. I just, I'm sitting in the room with my grand piano and that's where I sat that night. Um, And I I just kept coming back to that day where I was listening about the spiritual gifts at at church. Um, And I thought about these problems that, you know, we were having with um, kind of arguing about me not writing music. And I just thought about when we feel like that and we feel like we just can't see through a problem that we need to bring those problems to God. And I really wanted to do that. And I'm not always the best in an argument. I'm not a great communicator. Um, And so for me, that song was really my way of communicating those feelings of, okay, we have this kind of problem and we need to bring this problem to God. So sit beside me um, is based on Matthew 18 verse 20, um, which talks about gathering and learning from our pastors. And, and so that really was what I wrote it about. Um, And it's really the song that started a lot of other songs. It's the first song I wrote from my, my upcoming album. Very cool. You say you realized you hadn't been using your gift at all. So many people can resonate with that. Why do you think so many of us stay in that place and settle for the less that we know we're made for? I think sometimes it can be easier to do that. Just like I was saying, spinning my wheels and just kind of leading that life where I just felt like um, I was there to serve my children and that that was my season of life and that my season of life where I got to perform and got to kind of enjoy, uh, that sort of side of music was over. Um, Mm. it just felt easier. And uh, my, you know, my life completely changed that year. I, I went through so many different changes in my mental space. Um, like God really spoke to me that year and helped me just realize that, yes, I'm a mother. Yes, I'm a teacher. I'm all these things. I'm a daughter, but I also can, can be a musician too. I can fit that in my life. I I don't have to just choose. And, and for me in my life, it was always teaching or performing. It was like, uh, this, this battle that I always faced. Um, and, And I just, I've realized that I don't have to choose, that I can do both and that both sides of my life I'm needed in. Um, And, and I think it was really neat that 
Sit Beside Me is the first song that kind of taught me that because the person that had been telling me that all along, my husband, was really the reason that song was born in that argument. So Mm -hmm. as you're talking, I'm just thinking, I feel like there's this message, especially for women that we hear and begin to believe, which is you can't have your dreams because you have your duties. And I think that we often think that's true. And yet we have a God who's like, no, yes, you have duties, but you can also have dreams and we don't need to feel ashamed about them or hide them or feel like we can't have them. And I love that God showed up to you and is like, Hey, yeah, you have duties, but you also can have dreams. And here you are doing those. Did you have to move from a place of deep regret that you hadn't been putting time and energy and leaning into using your giftings to actually beginning to use them? Or or was it easy for you to just not have regret and move into getting into the work of using your gifts? No, it definitely took me some time. I wrote that first song and then I started thinking like, is this really what I can do? You know, uh, my own self-doubt really <laughs> is that regret. Um, and actually the song I just released, I Am Yours, is all about that regret and uh, that doubt that I just, I had at the beginning of this process of writing music that, you know, I, I, I was surrounded by people in my, in my university performance days that actually did move forward, Mm -hmm. um, and actually did make it, I guess you could say in the end, um, walk off the earth is one of the bands I opened for almost regularly. And, um, and they made it so that always in the back of my head was like, you know, other people did it, but you didn't. So I just always had to kind of think, um, think through that thought and that everybody started somewhere. Um, and that we all have different paths. We all have different journeys and God chooses us for different things. And, and that constant reminder for me, um, that I think, doesn't always even come from my own thoughts. I think that's God speaking to me and and just reassuring me. Um, But it's definitely something that I had to work through and and just move past and just Mm -hmm. keep writing and not give up. That's, That's a mean voice, the one that says other people did it, but you didn't. Mm -hmm. That can just beat you down and hold you back. It almost says to me when I hear it, it says, your time is up. You Mm -hmm. had your chance and your chance is over. When you think about other women who are hearing those voices, what does that voice constantly do to hold women back? It just, I think, takes hold of you and just makes you think, there's just no point. You know, the amount of times that I've sat down to write and thought all those thoughts that I just, you know, opened up about, um, they definitely take over. And it's, again, it's that crossroad of should I, or shouldn't I, should I keep Mm -hmm. writing or should I just give up? Because this is, you know, just never going to work out. And, um, I think for a lot of women, we, as we've talked about, we're so many different roles, like we're working, we're, we're trying to have our dreams, but we're trying to be moms, a lot of us. And, you know, my parents are both have dealt with illness. My dad is very sick with scleroderma. So I'm also someone who takes care of 
aging and and sick parents, you know. So mm-hmm. all these different roles can just overwhelm us. And when you finally sit down to do the thing you feel you've been called for, you know, you have to f- kind of fight through those voices of of negativity. And I really do feel that that's the devil at work. And it's a choice that I can make to listen, or I can say, this is what I think I've been put here for, and I'm not going to give up. And I'm I'm just going to fight through those feelings. And sometimes I win. <laughs> sometimes God wins. <laughs> and other times, uh, you know, like any other woman, I. I do find it hard to silence that self-doubt for sure and, and that negativity. Absolutely. I do too. I um I have a dream to put a book out there and I um am sitting on one and I um it's it's making the time. It's not only believing and fighting to believe that your dream is possible, but then it's also trying to find the margin and the time to create when you do have all these duties, which you're speaking of all these roles and responsibilities you have. And I think it's really interesting that we believe the lie that somehow the dreams we have for our lives have an expiration date. You know, Mm -hmm. you looked at other people and you heard this voice, other people did it, but you didn't. And almost like there's a clock and it's ticking. And if you don't hit it by 35 or 40, then, well, you know, your dream died and it's not going to be resurrected. And I don't think that God sort of his purpose for our lives expires at some given time until the Mm -hmm. day we pass from here into the forever place. But it's interesting that we buy in to that lie. But I believe God purposes our whole life while we're here. And I love that he's purposing you. Eileen, a few minutes ago, you shared when I asked you why you think so many of us stay in that place where we settle for the less than we know we're capable of. You said it's because it's easier. And I think that's so interesting because you moved from choosing what is easy to now you've been working three jobs to fund this latest album project while being a mom, while caretaking your parents, while making music. You sound so driven. What's your why? Why are you making this album? Why are you working so hard? What do you hope happens as a result of all this hard work? At the end of the day, I really want to help people. I want people to hear my music and find um, acceptance. I want them to find God's love. I want them to hear verses and feel God through my music. I want them to see that no matter how, you know, what kinds of regrets you have or how negative you're feeling or, um, whatever it is you're going through, that there's always a way out. There's always a light. And light is something I talk about in a lot of my songs that that light in the darkness, um, he is the light in the darkness. And I just, I hope that with these songs that I'm sharing that ultimately they'll even help one person um, find him and find that salvation. Um, I think really the music and just, and just finding God is, is, uh, is really, I think why I continue to write and what I would hope would happen with my music, helping others. Very cool. You say that you would have said that this, this amount of work you're doing right now, that it's a recipe for burnout, but you've never felt so full in your Mm -hmm. life. Why do you think that is? 
I just feel like I finally am living my purpose. Um, and even though I'm tired, there's days where I feel, you know, I get home from my school job and then I have to start my night job. Um, and there's some nights where I just feel very overwhelmed. Like, can I actually get through this evening as, as much as I love my students? Um, there's just that excitement of, but if I do this, I get to do that. And so, um, I think the minute I walk into the, to the studio, the minute I walk into a church where I get to perform, um, that's when I get, you know, to, to live that joy. And mm -hmm. so all the work that I'm doing becomes worth it. And knowing that, you know, I'm living the purpose that I really feel God had set out for me. I'm getting to serve. I'm getting to use that spiritual gift that I really felt for so long I didn't get to use. Mm, so. so exciting. I think it's so true that when we live our life tapped into God's purpose for our lives, the sacrifice even feels worth it. And I can hear you describing that. When you think about women uh, listening who have set down their dreams for far too long and don't even know how they could pick those dreams back up and yet they long to, what's your best advice for them as we come to a close? Just don't give up. It's not too late. It's not over. Um, like you said before, there's no expiry date on us. And I think I believed that for so long. And now that I'm on the other side of things and I can see that light finally, um, it's just the most free feeling. And it's, it just is true happiness being able to do something that makes you so feel so accepted and feel so happy. And if I could just see others, um, just lean in and, and allow themselves to do that for themselves as well. I think that would just be wonderful. I think we spend so much of our life trying to help others and trying to do, do for others as women and just being able to kind of give yourself that one enjoyment, you know, whether it's, whether you were going to be writing that book or whether it was, um, you know, whether you're like me and, and music was really the thing that you wanted to do that you just thought you could never do. Um, it's never too late. Don't give up. Mm, good word. Eileen, there's going to be women who want to go and listen to your beautiful music. How can they do that? How can they connect with you? Um, well, my music is streaming pretty much everywhere. You can check me out on Spotify if you have that. And um, you can listen to my newest song, I Am Yours, which I just released last week. Um, and it's a song about, you know, just giving everything, casting all of our cares to God. Um, so they can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, Instagram, um, and YouTube pretty much everywhere. I'd love for them to check me out and listen to my music. Awesome. Eileen, thanks for hopping on to the Clyde podcast. It was so great to listen to your story and the way that you're leaning in to God's dream for your life. It inspires so many of us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, take care. Keep colliding, friend. Wow, friend, I think it's so cool to hear how an everyday chick, the girl next door, a high school music teacher, 
experience God in the middle of COVID because that's what God does. He collides with our lives in unexpected ways to get a hold of us. And I love that he did that in Eileen's life. And he reminded her that he has dreams for her life. And now she's chasing and pursuing those dreams. I hope this podcast inspired you to do the same. I mean, can't you resonate with that mean voice? that ugly, awful voice that gets you to compare yourself to other people and tell you that they're doing it and you're not doing it. That's a mean voice. And you know what we should do when we hear mean voices? We should just tell those voices off. You just tell those voices where to go, friend, and listen instead to the voice of God that says there is no expiration date on your dreams. There is no expiration date. Your time is not up. If you're here, God has you here for a reason. And yes, you might have duties, but you can also dream. That's my word for you as we close this podcast. I hope it encourages you. And I want to point you to one of our most exciting new resources that we have, one of the biggest projects we've ever pulled off, which is our Women of Impact online course. You can enroll in our Collide School and grab this course. It has over 70 sessions with everyday women who are making a huge difference and impact in the world. And you will be inspired and challenged and propelled to make an impact in this world, tapping fully into God's purposes for your life, using the gifts that you have, the experience you have, the story you have in the place he has called you. I am sure that you will be encouraged. So go check out that resource at wecollide.net. And friend, keep colliding, knowing that God can use your life to do amazing things. We'll catch you next week.